Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler. We got Jim. We are back. It's Thursday night. It's our last night here. But it's been a great week. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, long week. I don't know uh, if I can handle another day with you, DiNardo. But last night here. <laughs> Whatever. Last night here. Uh, it's been a busy week. We've, we've done a lot. It's a lot of baseball, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm tired. For the record, I could do another week with all of you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I could totally do another week with Tyler. I mean, Tyler Tyler's been great. Donardo getting under my skin a little bit. I, I'm I'm looking forward to my flight home tomorrow. Um so as I can, am I. So I can get away <laughs> from you. But uh but no, like I said, we've seen a lot of really good baseball. Uh weather's been awesome. Uh, we're here at the uh, the NS9 Airbnb one last night. And uh, yeah, we're here live talking about uh, what we saw this past week. And we saw a really big game today. <laughs> Cody is in the background right now. You can't see him. He is trying to kill this fly that is flying. And you can probably I hear him. I need to join the stream. I need to but, join this right now and oh put the God. camera on Cody. He's running around like oh a four-year-old chasing a lightning bug or something. <laughs> but... um. But to go back to today, Paul Skeens makes his spring de spring debut down in Sarasota. We were there for that. Um, Thomas Harrington also getting an appearance. Anthony Solomedo getting an appearance. Uh, Henry Davis going yard. Key Brian Hayes going yard again. Um, it was a really fun baseball game today uh, down in Sarasota. Yeah, yeah. For those that were enjoying the game and not in their feelings because everything that I wanted to do today didn't get accomplished, uh, it did somewhat. Go check out those videos. We have every Paul Skeens pitch that was thrown today. Um, and, of course, you do have Anthony Salamedo and Thomas Harrington. Those are just put out on YouTube. Finally got this edited out. Um, but, no, like it was a great day of baseball. We had some offense. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Pirates did lose at the end of the game. But, like, the bats came alive again. Um, some solid pitching for those, I think, that truly mattered. Um, yeah, like, it was just a good baseball game. Cody keeps whiffing it and fly. <laughs> Talk no, about lack of offense. <laughs> but are you, I mean, if we, I mean, let's let's get right into it. I mean, the story of the game was clearly Paul Skeens uh, and, and lining up against some of baseball's best in Jackson Holiday, Adley Rushman, one two hitters for Baltimore, Heston Kerstad, another you know top prospect, rookie of the year candidate for for the Orioles this coming year. Um, but uh, Cody, I'm gonna need you to stop. I'm gonna need you to stop, man. Just let it go. Just let it go. Um, <laughs> But, but no, Paul Skeen. So we, we were there bright and early, saw him warm up. Um, I guess before we even get into the game, we got Tyler here. Tyler's the pitching coach. Oh, boy, we got to throw it back to me again. Tyler, what, uh, what are you taking just from like, I mean, Paul Skeen's warm up, his, his, his getting ready for the game? I mean, you can tell he was kind of dialed in, ready to go. Yeah, he's a very in, intense person, you can tell in general. We just saw that walking around um, Lee Calm in general. He carries himself. Like he is the man, and we hope that he ends up being the man for this team. Everything he does to me just looks so effortless. 
you see him warming up. He isn't even really throwing with intent. And you can tell it's probably just 95, just warming up. He gets on the mound. We saw him flash 102 today. It's February 29th, guys. He threw 102 on February 29th. I know he only, he only threw 10 pitches a day. Four of them went over 100 miles an hour. I think we had two at 101, one at 100, um, and one at 102. He also threw in a 99 in there as well. The thing that stands out to me about him is just how effortless it looks when he's throwing 102. Like he, You see guys that throw that hard, but they're putting max effort into it. From the untrained eyeballs here, it, it doesn't look like he's even trying when he does it. Effortless is a good word, I feel like, because you, you see a lot of pitchers who maybe throw really hard. And, and like a pitcher we saw yesterday, and this is, this is not a knock on Jared Jones, right? But Jared Jones is like a high effort like he you can tell like he's he's trying to throw the ball really hard right um Paul Skeens yeah it's it's effortless like it's just a smooth repeatable delivery that once it leaves his hand it hits triple digits on the gun and it doesn't even look like he broke a sweat no and i want to bring this comment up because we had a comment on one of our videos today you know the comment was when was the last time the pirates had a prospect or even a seasoned vet Starting pitcher who threw 102. And let's just quickly answer that right now. Never. <laughs> right? We talked about that on the right here a little bit, trying to think back. And it, it, it doesn't happen. This is the first time. And to Tyler's point, this is February. Like, well, we talked about Luis Ortiz and Roman Z. Contreras and Quinn Priester. It was the, you know, we were concerned about the velocity. How's that going to look this year? And now that it's spring training, you're comfortable with it because you expect it to probably gain like one or two miles per hour come April into May and such. It is February 29th. Granted, he was given the leap date. So, you know, it would be March, I guess, technically most years. I get it, but it's still February today. And he was hitting 102 effortlessly in 10 pitches. When I we had that Starbucks, right? And you said, like, who are you irrationally like excited about? And I said, really, nobody. And then it was like a few days later, I put it on Twitter and said, you know what? It's Paul Skeens. I'm there. I'm irrationally uh, just, I'm, I'm Paul Skeens is him. And I think, um, I mean, this is almost like you, I don't even think you can be irrationally excited about Paul Skeens. You like, could. It's, he's, he's the best pitcher ever. And I'm on board like, there. <laughs> like the, the stuff that he possesses, um, it's, it's impossible not to be excited about him. Um, yeah. I mean, what we saw out of him today was great. Uh, I know it was the first time you two have been able to see him in person. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's different, right? And, and I think the other thing, too, that that a lot of people lose on a pitcher like Skeens is, you know, he's thrown less than 10 professional innings. But from like a command standpoint, too, he's like, he, that. that's really what separates him. Like, yeah, like the, the fastball is one thing. But for someone who hasn't really honed his craft all that much, the command of his pitches... Like he he doesn't really miss that much, and when you're throwing that hard with that good of stuff, and you're hitting your spots, that's when you can become really really dangerous. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I did want to bring that up. I don't know about the command in general because of where we were. It's hard to tell without a TV broadcast. But at least control wise, he filled the zone up today. I know it's only ten pitches, but he was in the zone for mostly all ten of those pitches. The other thing we saw today was he flashed a little curveball. And what I want to add to your point too about the command, so it was also just 10 pitches. Right. So, like, I mean, again, like when you're only given 10 pitches to work with and you hit 102, you did like he looked really good. And we haven't even talked about 
the fact that he had all three outs. Like, yeah, Adley's was a little bit worrisome. It it sounded pretty good off the bat, but it didn't go out. But I mean, he had three outs, three very competitive players. Uh, he did his job. Ten pitches, very efficient. Uh, again, like I don't know how. Just in seeing the ten pitches right now, how you don't get excited at the prospect of Paul Skeens right now. Yeah, again, like it's ten pitches, so I mean it is what it is. Uh, but but yeah, it's impossible not to be excited about him. You don't want to read into it too much, but man, he looks good. Uh, I, I'm excited to see just like a full year out of him again. We had a question in here. Is there a possible chance that Skeens pitches himself into starting in Pittsburgh this year? I don't think that's possible. Um, you know, we had Alex Stump on a couple weeks ago. He said just for for just making sure that he can pitch on five days rest, right? He's never done that in his entire career. You don't want the first time for that to ever happen to be like in real Major League Baseball games. So I would put the the chances of skiing starting in Pittsburgh below 1%. Like a lot would have to go wrong in terms of injuries and stuff for that to happen. Um, but I, I, I don't, I'd be, I would say, I'll say this about a month ago, I was a little bit skeptical on if we'd even see skeins this year. I don't think I'm skeptical on that anymore. Like I think this team is relying on Paul Skeens being ready uh, for the stretch run this season. Like I think they are they are banking on him being available to use down the stretch. Yeah, I don't think there's a question that we'll see him this year at this point. Um, and I'm basing that off of 10 pitches today. So naturally, As everything I say will be correct. But I, I really do think that sometime this summer, probably after June, we will see Paul Skeens in a Pirates uniform. Just kind of going to what you said, his demeanor. I mean, he, he, he wants to pitch, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like this isn't a guy who's probably afraid of MLB right now. He wants to be there. He's going to carry himself. And like for all the things you talk about, Henry Davis, the intangibles, like he's going to do the right things. He's going to make sure he's ready. He's probably harder himself than anyone else. This is me not knowing anything about Paul Skeens personally. But like just seeing the way he carries himself and seeing like his path to here, like I get that vibe from him also. So he's not going to shy away. Like he wants to be in Pittsburgh and seeing the talent that he presents. I I'm with you guys also. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that not only the talent but the makeup, right? And this this goes back to the conversations that we were having about Key Brian Hayes uh, this time last year, right? Like I'm going to bet on the talent. I'm going to bet on the makeup. I'm going to bet on the guy. That he's going to figure it out, right? Um, Skeens and Davis both really in that same mold. But I'll add another thing with Skeens, something that I've noticed this week, and no other starting pitcher does this that that I that I took notice of. But Paul Skeens, every single spring training game, is in the dugout watching the game. Um, he's hanging out with with his catchers, with his coaches. Um, he's he's in that dugout for at least the first five or six innings, and still until the starters get pulled. Um, and then he and then he leaves, you know, with them. But that's something that the other guys don't do that. The other guys aren't hanging around in the dugout every single game. Paul Skeens is there asking questions, observing, getting better every single day, which I mean, that's a testament to him. Yeah, like it. it's also a positive when your most talented pitcher has a demeanor like that, because that's a guy that these players are going to gravitate towards. Also, you mentioned him being in the dugout. I think every single game during spring training before it, he was in the outfit as well, shagging fly balls. The guy's just a baseball rat, you can tell. Well, because he wants to hit. That's true. 
Very true. He's in the dugout because he wants to hit. He's shagging the fly balls because he wants to hit. I'm sorry, Paul. It's not going to happen because we saw you hit 102. Your ass is staying on that mound. But yeah, he wants to hit. Right. I mean, it's just, it, like I said, it's a testament to him. It, it kind of just echoes the, the statement that we got when we had Coach Johnson on, uh, on, our, on our show last summer. You know, just he's, he's going to be the hardest working guy uh, in that clubhouse. And so far, he's, he's attempting to do that. Yeah. I am excited for Paul Skeens. I'm also just excited and a random thought in my mind here about the future leadership of this team. Because you look at a Henry Davis, you look at a Paul Skeens, you look at even a Brian Reynolds and a Brian Hayes. These are guys that are just on the straight and narrow that probably will keep a clubhouse in check. Yeah, you're not... I don't think there's any uh, cell phones being dropped out right. of people's pockets. And, and, and I mean, this is just a silly thing, right? But but no, I, I agree with you. Like, those are guys where, like, they're going to... They're just their presence is going to command some respect uh, um, in the locker room, and even though they're not, they're not even veterans, like mm-hmm. they're 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 leaders. They carry themselves like yep. pros. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, we jokingly say how this team can get kind of boring with Cabrian and Brian, right? And it's going to get even more boring with Henry and Paul. But those are dudes, like you say, like you need that good mixture. You know, you you have the Palacios in there. You, you know, you have those guys right now in that clubhouse that can keep it positive, keep it fun. But you also have the guys in there going to make sure everyone's doing what they need to do. And that's what we talked about. Like, this isn't a knock on those players back then in 2021 and 2020 even, you know. But, like, they needed leadership. You know, that's why we crave about this leadership presence, getting some veterans in. Like, they started you last year. But what is nice, like you're saying, is you're getting the, the crop of players coming up that already have that presence about them. So it's like you're going to have this nice – mixture in the clubhouse so i mean absolutely right i love that and people might come at us here and say that we don't know them and we don't know what type of people they are you can just tell by the way they carry themselves you gravitate towards them like i want to follow these guys and i'm 30 years old paul skeens is like eight years younger than me no i just want to follow them around what do you want me to do sir yeah i mean i mean you're right i mean just watching them in the in the outfield like like you mentioned paul skeens is out there during batting practice every day shagging fly balls and and he's flanked on one side by Anthony Solomedo and he's and Bubba Chandler on the other pretty much the entire time so like he's out there which not to cut you off but just also think about those two guys were attached to to Henry Davis yeah 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 that's true I mean and Henry Davis is kind of like the core of all of this right um you know making sure everybody's uh everybody's yeah just just playing together they have one common goal that they're that they're hoping to achieve and yeah, it's it's hard not to get excited, at least about the guys, right? Like like the people that they have on this team, they're exciting, they're easy to root for. There's a couple out there, right? Who who you know we won't we won't name on on today's show, but for the most part, they are stockpiling good people. Agreed. Yeah. So a lot of Paul Skeen's talk. I'm sure we could talk hours about him uh i would just watch those 10 pitches for hours on a loop so go check out that video but but at any rate too like do we want to move on there's some other uh, there's a there's a lot of good stuff this week i found that you know in in the duds of a lot of these games that happened right i mean the pirates are one and five again it's spring training but you know they were one and five but like there's been a lot of positives and today you know we saw two more pitchers make their debuts also i think a lot of us were hoping to anticipate to watch you know anthony salamedo and uh, and Thomas Harrington made their debuts today. Also, now granted, they were against the lesser competition, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about them a little bit because they're pretty pretty productive today, also. 
I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Jim because I keep getting it thrown to me when it comes to pitching. I'll say, so I'll talk about Salamento first. Uh, I had, I had yet to see him in person. So this was my first time seeing him throw, um, you know, from a stuff standpoint, he was, he was like 91, 92 the entire time, which, which is about where he sits normally. He can touch, you know, 93, 94 at times, but, but he's been pretty consistently around that 91, 92 area, which is, which is good because, you know, at this time last year we were talking about 90, 91. So like he is getting a tick better there. Uh, but the, the, the crazy thing about Salomato is the delivery, right? Like that's, that's what was the calling card when he got drafted. Um, it is a weird, funky delivery. Um, I haven't hit a baseball off of like a competitive pitcher in a long time, but none of them threw like that. And I got to imagine that just seeing something from that weird of an angle and that weird of an arm slot, like, I mean, the way that he kind of, it's just just his whole motion in general it's just different and when you are that different of a pitcher and your stuff is good and you can locate you're going to cause problems for people just because you're like not you're something that they're not used to seeing uh so i think that's like today it really kind of that that hit home for me with Salometo and that this guy is different um and it's in a good way like he's you know that's it's not like a mitch jeb different where i'm like yeah that's ugly right this is like oh shit this is gonna work right um but no, it was it was a really good start from Salometo. he went one two three inning uh with a strikeout today uh he was kind of all over the place in the bullpen warming up i was standing right by him he was like, throwing balls off the wall and stuff um but once he got on the mound a uh, lot more control uh and yeah, just an easy one, two, three inning against Baltimore minor leaguers. But again, they're Baltimore minor leaguers. It's a pretty good system. So he, but he did a good job today. Yeah, it's really easy to get excited about him. And you mentioned the delivery. And that's really the reason why I think we're excited about Salomato in general. I think the concern does come in with the velocity a little bit at just what's, what is his ceiling? Because if he is 91 to 92, probably more back end i don't think we're gonna get you know a number two starter out of him but if he can get that to 93 to 94 watch out this guy could be dangerous because yeah, he's also like really tall and lanky right like we always talk about the pirates talking about extension right i don't know what baseball savant would put solomoto's extension at uh anthony murphy i'm sure you've got the numbers and then you're, you're, <laughs> you're here in the comments but um it's uh I would imagine it's it's a it's a problem for hitters. Like that 91-92 doesn't look like that to them. No. When you add in the extension along with the deceptive delivery, right. it just it that it that 91-92 doesn't look 91-92. Yeah, I gotta say, like, <clears throat> so for me today, I'm I'm definitely deferring to you guys on a lot of this game because I wasn't really watching it with the intent of that. I was doing a lot of videoing and such. Um, but like, but again, like I didn't see the like the velocity numbers as much, but like just I had like this newfound appreciation of Anthony Salmano. Of, like by sitting back there because you get to see it more or less head on. I mean, I was pretty much like right to the right of a left-handed hitter, you know? And so seeing hit the arm come out basically at me, like I said, like there was a uh, appreciation. Now we talked about the velocity with him. So, so yes, like you want to see it uptick some again, the kid is 20 years old. Like that can come. I don't want to put too much on it. Like, Oh, he's only sitting here like that can come. But of course that is part of, the ceiling on him, like you're mentioning. But I think the thing is, like we talked about the floor, like the floor probably is he's like a number four, number five starter. Like I'm fully confident he's going to become a starting pitcher. Um, but I guess the other thing too is, you know, when you look at the the crop of guys that the Pirates do have coming up, you know, there's a lot of velocity with them. 
There actually is. So Anthony Salamito kind of presents like the other side, like the flip. So you look at this rotation, it's not 99, not, well, I'm sorry, maybe 104. 104, 104 <laughs> yeah. Who knows what schemes are going to be throwing by 104, yeah. you know, 199, because Bubba Chandler even, yeah. you know, it's like you see these crop of guys and like, you know, Anthony Salamito kind of presents like the, the other side of the, uh, the rotation here. So, um, yeah, again, like I, I liked what I saw from him so far, just from the funky delivery. Um, good, good first outing for him. Yeah. And I would expect he probably goes back to Altoona to start the year. And, and I mean, we keep talking about this Altoona rotation. Like if you live in central Pennsylvania, get to people's natural gas field as soon as you can. And as often as you can, because like Skeens is probably going there. Salamedo probably going there. Harrington probably going there. Um, Bubba Chandler probably going there. And then you throw in someone like maybe Sean Sullivan, who, you know, is still a decent prospect, but you know, he, he might be going there as well. Potentially the next guy we might talk about that also pitched today could be there. Thomas Harrington. Oh, I mentioned him. Did yeah. you? Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I zoned out there for a second. <laughs> but, well, I'm like, wait a minute. Do we want to segue yes. that into well, we want to segue yeah, we can go ahead and segue. Thomas Harrington? Yeah. I just want to talk about Thomas Harrington. I'm sorry. Let's do it. Let's talk about Thomas Harrington. We all know that I like the guy. I've liked him. I liked him in the draft. And mainly this all be, is because I'm a degenerate who gambled on Campbell baseball way too much. So naturally, I liked him and didn't really like Zach Neto, but that's a different story. Um, the thing with Harrington to me is the pitchability with him. He's not, he, he's not a guy that's going to blow you away. I know you just mentioned the velocity that's coming up. He's not in that group of guys that's going to be throwing the 97, 98. But the stuff can play at a major league level. He's not a high ceiling guy either, but I do think he's a high floor guy that fits into a rotation and can eat a lot of innings for you. Every time out, he just finds a way to be effective. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I mean, I think him as well, you know, he talked about the velocity, but the movement on it is kind of on that fastball is what kind of gets him through there. And I mean, Anthony Murphy, again, you're in the comments. I know you talk him up quite a bit. Um, so again, like that's this... This farm system is truly deep with pitching. Like I give it to Ben Charrington right now because it's it's a lot younger. Like not too many are like right there. It's about double A and, and less. But there's a lot of depth. And you know, I'm not just saying that as far as just like there's people. Like there's guys that you can certainly see like filling out this rotation. So like I get the aspect that people are talking about, like why not, you know, why would you go ahead and, and sign guys to, you know, deals this year to get this rotation? I mean, yes, I'm on board with that. But for those people, like, I understand where you're coming from in the sense, like, there is actual real depth. And, again, to be excited for something like that, you can be excited for this. There's a lot of good talent as far as the arms go. Yeah. Um, Harrington. So, I mean, I, I saw him for the first time in person last year. Uh, he, he, looked, he looked good. The stuff wasn't really impressive to me, right? Um, but you know, if you, if you dive into the numbers again, Murphy's going to, going to love this, but you know, excellent fastball shape. Um, you know, the, the, it, it doesn't seem like it's 92, 93, right? It, it, it misses bats and, and he locates it well, uh, slider really good change up decent. He's a, he's a good pitcher. We talk about like the floor, right? And I think Salamedo, yeah pretty high floor and i think the same with harrington too like i think he's probably a back-end starting pitcher in the major leagues um now again one two or three like three probably at his best but i think he's a major league starting pitcher um there may even come more velocity down the road with him as he fills out a little bit more he's still a kind of a, a you know a 
lanky, slim dude. So he, he there may be something else there. But now he gets the job done today too. Little wild in, in the one at bat. He he walked somebody, but he rebounded immediately with a strikeout. Uh, got weak contact on top of that. Um, another, like I said, he 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 pitched well. We've got his outing every pitch of it up on YouTube as well. If you want to check it out, um, but. Yeah, I, I, again, I just go back to that Altoona rotation. It's uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch those first few months before people start moving up to Indianapolis. And the cool thing about just being at the game was normally they after they pitch they will come back to the bullpen. They'll give some high fives, then they'll go sit down and hang out for a little bit. Thomas Harrington immediately walked over to one of the coaches, sat down, and just went over his outing. Mm. I wish I knew who he was talking to, and I wish I could eavesdrop a little more, but it was kind of loud in the stadium. I really wanted to hear what they were talking about, but he went straight to the back, and I heard him ask about this pitch, this pitch, this pitch. That's a good sign to me. I know I don't want to feed the propaganda machine here, but like, I just love that. It seems like they have some guys that love baseball. Uh, absolutely. I mean, just like on an outside perspective, I mean, if you're a coach, that's exactly what you want to see. If you're a team, that's what you want to see. Like you're an organization. I mean, you want you want gamers. So uh, I didn't see that, and I'm glad you brought it up. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, um, from a from a pitching standpoint, some other. I mean, Bailey Falter pitched today. He looked looked bad again. His second rough outing of the spring. Like I said, he's competing for one of those rotation spots, and so far he hasn't really uh, done the job. Again, still early. Still four more weeks left in spring, so there's plenty of time for somebody to kind of take the reins there, but not. Not the greatest outing from Bailey Falter again today. He was he was basically throwing batting practice up there. Yeah. Do we want to move on from him? Yeah, because I know you don't. Want I'm to. I'm okay, okay. talking about Bailey Falter right now. <laughs> um, as far as everyone else goes, I mean, King Barucky did enter the game. Yeah, inning, two hits, two strikeouts though. Um, do we want to talk about him or Majinski as all at all? I don't know. If there's much to add about those guys. I mean, they're those those are your those are your bullpen pieces. They've got a slot already. They even really have a role car- carved out. Uh, you're just looking for ready. You're just looking for them to get ready for the season. I don't really have too many concerns with either of those guys currently. I know Tyler's not as high on Ryan Barucki as I am, but I mean, you throw strikes and you throw a slider like that, like you're just going to get major league hitters out, and that's what he did last year, and that's what he's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, you have the whip that he did last year. It's not a fluke. I mean, there's something there. I didn't see it at first, but props to the Pirates for figuring out how to use him, and they used him effectively. And he's going to, him and Majinski both are going to be workhorses in that bullpen this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the, the well, five. Five and six innings, right? Maybe yeah. four. I hope maybe we don't four. go there, but maybe, maybe first. four, right? Um, but like those are two guys that are, you know, battling and such that, you know, you're going to need some innings from Dalvin Red or one of them as well. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so far, so good for them. Not much to really talk about at this point. I mean, Colin Selby did get lit up. Um, I mean, just to quickly touch on that, you know, I think he was last year a guy that you're kind of intrigued on. It didn't work out. Uh, this year, it certainly, I don't think you're having those hopes and so far not looking too well. Um, and I'd like to state for the record that I've never been intrigued by Colin Selby. No, you weren't. You, we weren't given the like De Los Santos I, Selby comparison. I, uh, like he could come up as a reliever. And I don't think I was. Okay, I don't think I was. I uh, was. I was intrigued. <laughs> okay, then, but not. It was Tyler. Uh, yes, uh, Tyler. I was. <laughs> yeah, he gets hit way too hard, and he can't throw strikes when when his stuff is there. So <laughs> there's, it, to me, he is. Um, 
if not the next player DFA'd, he's like the the one after. Oh yeah. Like he's yeah. I would actually kind of be surprised if Colin Selby is on this 40 man roster at the end of spring. I think that's fair. And that's also yeah. just this is a good thing, right? It's not just because of his performance, but it's also because there's real depth and quality arms in that bullpen that you can afford to. Yeah, I mean, and also, like, if they go out there and they get anybody, right? If a non-roster invite team makes this roster because of an injury or if uh, if they go out there and they claim somebody at the end of spring or if they sign one of these other pitchers that are still available, like, Colin Selby might be that first guy to go. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's not doing anything to help his cause either. Right. Okay, so to move on from Colin Selby, uh, anyone else we want to talk about that entered today's game, pitching-wise? I don't want to talk about any more pitchers. Good. I want to talk about the two guys who hold. Yes. Well, I know you want to talk about one of them at least. <laughs> Go Shocker. ahead. Go ahead, Jim. Tell us about Henry Davis. Oh, I was going to start with Brian Hayes, but no, we're going to start with uh, Henry Davis. No. Um, yeah, Henry Davis uh, off of Corbin Burns. So O'Neill Cruz gets on. Uh, and then I believe who was after Cruz, uh, oh, well, someone can... got on base in front of, of Davis. Cruz, Swinsky didn't. Oh, Hayes. Hayes. So so Cruz and Hayes both get on. Oh, no. Hayes couldn't have. Okay. No, you don't Tell us Rowdy walked. So Rowdy Telez walks. And, and the only way you're going to get Rowdy Telez around the bases is to hit a home run. And that's what Henry Davis did. So, I mean, he off of Corbin Burns. So you'd love to see it. Um over the left center field fence, cleared it by probably a good 10, 15 feet or so. He got all of it. Um, but he's having himself having himself a pretty good spring. Um, offensively, looking consistent. Defensively, we didn't get to see that first game where there were there were two wild pitches. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't broadcasted. But since then, you haven't noticed Henry Davis behind the plate, right? And we were talking with with Jordan Comedina, friend of the show, um, the other day. And he was like, if you can't notice the catcher, he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, so that's where I'm kind of at with Henry Davis right now. Uh, we haven't noticed him behind the plate. So seems to be doing okay back there. Yeah. Uh, there were some comments made today that, you know, Grandal's obviously on this team. There's a battle for that second catcher spot. I don't see how you can leave Henry Davis off this team. I know like you got to say that there's a competition for the sake of there being competition. You can't hand Henry Davis a spot after what he did last year. But like this team needs Henry Davis on it and he's he's the best option. And it's not even just the best option behind the plate. They just need his bat. They don't have a right fielder and I know he had the struggles in right field. He's Brandall is still going to catch a lot. Henry Davis will still get time in right field. So if he continues to hit through the spring like he is, there's no way you can leave him off this roster on opening day. Um, I'll say this. like, Is there a way that they, you can keep him off the roster? There is a way. But what he's doing so far is telling you that's not going to happen. Let me talk about the makeup of Henry Davis. right? We understand like, he's probably the hardest person on himself. He's going to will his way to do things. Uh, again, you talk about leadership. I mean, he's the one that pretty much rounded everyone up. It's like, hey, you guys are coming to Bradenton. Let's go, right? We also talked about the, the fact that he was flying to Seattle, Washington, and then to Bradenton, Florida to get okay, like this guy was just training nonstop. He has a goal and he wants to succeed. And they talk about not betting, you're going to bet on the talent, right? Like that's what this guy's doing right now. Go ahead, doubt me, see what happens. And 
I have doubts, right? But like what you're saying, he's slowly starting to silence them. Uh, Jordan, to, to quote him basically, which makes a lot of sense, catches are like offensive linemen. Like that's what he alluded to. When you don't hear about an offensive lineman, it means they did a good job, right? And that's kind of what we're alluding to with Henry Davis. We haven't heard. Like you haven't had the, oh, God, Henry, what was that? Not at all. So that's, that's a good thing. And all you really ask for is if he can just be a below average defensive catcher with that type of offense. Hell, if he's an average catcher and he's doing the offense he's like he's doing now, like that, that is exactly why he has to be on this team. Now, it's a week. It's six games, right? I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. But what I'm saying is if he's doing this in spring, there's no way you can say, no, we got Jason DeLay. And I love Jason DeLay. That's my catcher, right? But like with the addition of Yasmani Grandal, and they've stamped it. He is on the team. You can't say, Jason DeLay, you're going to start off and we need Henry Davis and AAA. Not if he's doing this and not if you have actual concerns about contending. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, he's four for 11 on the spring now, 969. OPS, you mentioned it's just a week, right? But when we talk about small sample sizes, like if, if you're going to have a small sample size, at least have it be good. Right. You know, like you want it to, to, to be good. And, and so far, so good for Henry Davis. And for, I just think the most likely scenario here is that this team does carry three catchers going into opening day, Jason Delay, Henry Davis, and Grandall, all three on the team. Um, and just to touch on the small sample size you just mentioned, it's not just the results we're seeing from Henry Davis. It's the way he's doing it. We're seeing him lift the ball in the air to the pool side. Last year, I think we saw him roll over on a lot of those. We saw him pull them very hard, but they went foul. Right now, he's doing a very good job of keeping those balls fair that come in on him. And he's pulling the ball in the air very hard. And like I said, he's keeping it fair. He's just visiting Shohei Otani on the mound. That's it. Shohei Otani's there. Every time he's up the bat, <laughs> hey, that's all that's, he needs. If that's what it takes, like, <laughs> let's make it happen. Just put Otani's face like at uh, the batter's eye. The billion dollar man. <laughs> so, so again, Davis been very impressive today. He was impressive today, been impressive all week. Um, but also, I want to talk about Key Brian Hayes. Uh, Homer today, opposite field Homer today, too. Uh, I didn't even think he really got all of it, but it just kept carrying and carrying. And unlike at, at in Bradenton, like it wasn't that windy. There was no breeze today in Sarasota. So like he, he hit that ball over the right center field fence uh, without, without really any help, but he hit the Homer today. He homered on Tuesday uh, at Lee park, uh, crushed the ball, out of, uh, you know, on, on Tuesday. Um, you know, every time we saw him take batting practice, he was pulling it, hitting it hard in the air. Um, fielding practice it was like a like a spiritual experience for me just like the, the dude's insane in the field but i i was impressed with every aspect of q brian hayes's play this past week absolutely and i love the fact that they can't fact check us on how windy it was or how hard he hit the ball because there was no baseball savant well, no stat cast nothing I'll, I'll say this to back it up stamp it three miles an hour was the wind left to right so we okay. do have the facts uh, yeah, on the wind so yes yeah, right, there yeah. was there was no high winds. Right. Now, Statcast, I can't help you with. But no, I mean, just, just across the board, he was impressive this week. He's, he's come ready to play. Uh, you, you hope that those last two months from, from 2023 just 
are who he is now. And uh, if that's who he is, you know, Brody put in here in the comments, Hayes will get MVP votes. If if that's who he is, he's going to get MVP votes. Um, like I said, if he can hit the ball and he can hit the ball over the fence and he can play that defense that we all know he's capable of doing, uh, he could have a really, really special season. But he's he's locked in. like He's ready to go. Yeah, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here because we do have seen Cabrian Hayes have very good springs where he has looked like a different player. The difference, I think, this year is what happened in the final few months of last season where it really turned on for him. Dare I say 20 home runs this year? Oh, he had 15 last year. I, I just want to put it this way. You know, maybe this is the, the more skeptical in me or just the more cautious in me, right? But, I mean, you're absolutely right. If he didn't have the last two months that he had last year going to spring training and doing this, we would say, well, you know what? We literally saw that last year. Like, we saw all of this last year. And he came out in April, came out in May, you know, did his thing that he normally does, right? But the fact that he did that leaves you more optimistic. So can he carry this over? And like you say, when it comes to small sample, you want positive small samples. So far, it is small sample, but he has looked really good. So I'm not here to say like he is going to have the MVP type season. He's going to get votes. He's going to have this great season. But what I am going to say is I'm still encouraged. I... I with Cabrian, I'm still not too worried about what I see in spring. Yes, it's encouraging. Yes, it'll get me excited. Talk to me after April, and then I'm ready to have like a real conversation because that's when I, that's when I need it from him. And it it just is what it is. Now I'm more confident that he can be that person. I'm more hopeful that he will. Like this isn't me poo pooing him and saying it's the same old Cabrian. Shut up, guys. Like I I feel encouraged that he is closer to being that person than the person that we saw in April. I just need to see it in April and not so much in March right now with him. Yeah. And then the other thing too, that he's been touting, you know, every time that he's been in front of a microphone is he just, he wants to make sure he's on the field playing for, you know, 150 plus games. Cause he hasn't really been able to show that he's capable of doing that. Uh, just so the durability standpoint, you want to see him kind of get to that point where you can count on him just being out there every single day. That alone will add a lot of value to him. But like I said, if he can, if he can hit the, the ceiling, I can't, the ceiling is higher than I could have ever imagined for Hayes. If he's, yeah. if he can actually turn into a good major league hitter and not just Hayes, man, the ceiling changes for the pirates. Yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it changes the trajectory of this team. If Cabrian Hayes is actually what he showed at the end of last year. Just last, I mean, the end of last year, they finished over 500 in their last two months, and they had two pitchers, right? They had two pitchers, and Cabrian Hayes basically leading them to victory, and Reynolds and Swinski, you know, played played large roles in that too. But yeah, it, it kind of just goes to show you that if you can get just, I mean, at the end of the day, if you can get high quality play from your everyday players, you're going to win baseball games, right? It's like, oh, that's crazy. Hold on. <laughs> Fire Jim for GM. Hold on. If you've got good players on your team, you're going to win. But I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Brian Hayes it has been a good baseball player throughout his major career. But if he can be a very good baseball player, yeah, it changes, it changes the makeup of the team. Yeah, that lineup becomes very intriguing, very deep. And a big part of that also is because of the guy who is returning this year with O'Neill Cruz. He also played today. O'Neill Cruz looked pretty good. And what I want to say is, again, like, yeah, he was hitting the ball hard. Yeah, at the plate. But the one thing I really want to point out 
is he got on base right away. And the first thing he did is steal second. Now, I just look at that as, I mean, he got the green light right away the first right. time he's on base. I'm not out here saying I'm a, you know, a, a doctor or I'm, you know, the, the, the pirates mindset here, but like the fact that he was given the green light and he did it maybe puts me at ease about their concerns about that injury. And it's like, is this all lights all, all go O'Neill Cruz for 2024? Like, are we not being cautious with him? Cause that would be amazing. Yeah. At the very least it's encouraging that it's spring training, February 29th. And he was given the green light to steal a base. He smoked that baseball. Yeah. The first one? Yeah. Yeah. He murdered that ball. It went into the ground, but if he would have lifted that thing, it might still be going. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear by now. O'Neill Cruz owns Corbin Burns. <laughs> Just owns him. But no, I mean, that first that first uh, single, uh, he pulled it. It was on the ground, yeah. but I mean, he hit the ball probably. I mean, I... I I said no stat cast, so let's just make up a number. It went 128.3 miles per hour. Um, hardest hit ball, I think, ever yes. in the stat cast era. Well, 128.7. Um, but, was, but was actually more impressive than both of those things. Uh, he comes back from the quote-unquote oblique injury that, that never happened. Just want to say there was no injury. Um, but he makes the play going back on defense, comes up a second time, uh, and then there's you know a, a, a ball low and away. And instead of trying to do too much with it, he just flicks it in the left field for a base hit RBI single um, to, to, for his second hit of the game. He's looked really comfortable on the field, at the plate. The two walks he had on Tuesday as well led to two runs. Um, he, he got the offense going today as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's, looked, he's looked good. Uh, and again, small sample size, but he's doing everything you want to see him do after missing that much time. I'd like to see him throw the baseball to the first baseman's chest, but those are little things. We'll work that one out. Semantics, yeah. That part we still got to work on with O'Neill Cruz, but aside from that, it's been very encouraging of what we've seen from him so far. Yeah, you say everything you want to see, and again, I I just put here, it's more than I want to see. I was not expecting, especially today, an attempt at a stolen base. So that's why I say uh, it's even more than anything I want to see. Um, But yeah, like he looked very comfortable with the plate. Um, good, good, good week for him for we saw so far. Yeah, and he again, just I gotta say it again, he is just an absolute monster, right? Yeah, he's he's a big dude. Um, comment here from Dave. Dave says, uh, "What have y'all seen from Telez this spring?" I know we've been really, really positive here so far on this podcast, and Dave, I think you're about to to make us turn a little bit, but but let's answer Dave's question. Rowdy Telez, what have we seen? Damn out thing. I saw seven minutes on Twitter. That nice little video we had of Rowdy Telez walking around. That's true. The mic'd up video was nice. He, that was good. He's a guy I would like to be around. He seems funny. He seems entertaining. Much self-defecating. But, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure as far as like on a baseball field because that's not where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, I want to yeah. see him much there. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's definitely a concern is the first base situation in general. And it, I do go back to the O'Neill Cruz. He does have throwing issues. But at the same time, a Carlos Santana previously probably bails out O'Neill Cruz on a lot of the errors that might come this season. Um, we saw it in, I don't remember which game it was. Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? 
O'Neill one hopped the ball to first base. It should have been an easy out. First baseman's got to pick it. And we're going to get a lot of Rowdy Teleza first base this year, which that part is a bit concerning to me. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Um, and I, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Sunday now, but I'll, I'll say this. Yeah, he hasn't done anything impressive in the field for me. Uh, he's kind of just been there. I do remember that ball in the dirt. It was a tough play for anybody. I, I'm not going to expect a first baseman to make that play. But at the same time, like you want them to, and he didn't. Uh, at the plate, I cannot remember a single time where I was like, oh, that was rowdy, right? Like, I, I don't think he's hit the ball hard. He's walked a couple times. That's basically been his highlight of, of spring so far. And even like, and I know it's batting practice, but like we got to watch a lot of batting practice this week. And some guys looked impressive. Some guys didn't. And like rowdy didn't. <laughs> no. No. And a lot of it was he was working on going the other way a lot. Yeah. And, and, and what we saw. It's February. So right. like don't read into that. But yeah. he didn't do anything this week to to jump off the charts in any way. No. Um the only thing I'd say he jumped off the charts charts for us is that it looks like he slimmed down a little bit. Yeah, he does. He definitely uh, has. Aside from that, didn't see like any power in batting practice. I don't know if he was trying to do anything, but everyone else was hit that you had talked about that was impressive. They were hitting some nukes. Rowdy Tillis, I didn't really see even warning track power, which that was strange. But once again, he could be working on something else. Don't read into it. Just, yeah, it just leads into everything else we've seen this week that nothing's really been impressive with him. Right. And, and again, like I know we're harder. The thing is we were harsh on the sign to begin with, right? He's going to have to turn I just us. like we already right. have negative and, 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 vibes, feelings right. towards him. It can happen. Ryan Barucki is a thing. There you go. Right. Yeah. So like it is just February. There's nothing that has excited us yet. It, it's just making us feel more confident in what we thought who he was. And that's just what it is. But like, yeah, I mean, so far he hasn't really done much. I'm not saying he can't. There's a whole nother four weeks pretty much left until opening day. So, you know, again, change our mind. But to this point, uh, he's been non-existent. And there, there certainly has been others that have been non-existent, but yeah. he's one of them. I mean, is it getting to the point here, if Rowdy Telez doesn't show you something here, is Connor Joe an everyday first base option? Because he has not had a bad spring. True. And we saw, like, we saw last year how he's a productive player. He won it more in spurts, but... I think they're going to give Rowdy quite a bit of leash, a, a, quite a long leash, especially against right-handed pitchers. Um, Connor Joe is definitely more in his element when he's facing lefties. I don't think you want to give Connor Joe too many at bats. We've he's looked good this spring because he's playing against lefties for the most part. Yeah, so sure. th there's always that too. Uh, and, and the Pirates have faced a bunch of lefties, so you could even say like Rowdy's maybe hasn't had great matchups sure. either. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Rowdy Telez has a pretty long leash going into the regular season. I wouldn't expect any I mean, unless he's just absolutely useless, mm -hmm. right? I, I wouldn't expect anything to happen for you know a month or two. Uh, you know, he's the starting he's the starting first baseman, especially when a right-handed pitcher is on the mound. And there's not a backup plan, really. That's just the problem. Like they're just Jake Lamb. Well, that's there's about it. not a. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, obviously, give like Lamb 
his dues, I guess. You know, he was a productive player, but that was a long time ago. A long also, time ago. Um, you know, so like, Rowdy. Rowdy Teles has been more productive a lot so, you know, recent, but you're right. I mean, it's basically Rowdy Teles, Connor Joe, and yeah, Lamb. I don't know if you really want to go that route. So, I mean, albeit like the thing about it is he's very low risk in the sense that there wasn't a whole lot of money invested into him. I get it. It's the Pirates. That's probably a lot of money to them in that sense. But, you know, it's three and a half million dollars. Like, there's not a large investment. It's not as if, like, we need to play you every single day because we need to get that money back, you know? So, like, I, I, I don't anticipate, like, he's going to be on a short lease. They're probably going to play him out there. But, again, like, they have the opportunity. If there's something, I don't know, maybe they could trade. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at him kind of just as we've looked at the the previous few first basemen on this team, like Yoshi and, and Choi, like they're going to be given opportunities to take the job. They're not going to lose it right away. Um, but if, if they're bad for an extended period of time, you know, they'll, they'll figure out a way to get rid of them. But the, the pirates could, the pirates need something there at first base. So like Rowdy Teles getting better would be, Really, really good for this team. Yeah. Don't really want to go down the Jared Triolo first base route. Too much value elsewhere. But yeah, that's that's the thing. Like you really want to see him as a utility guy. We um, did get a question about Palacios. Palacios has not um, been in a game yet no. this spring. I I've seen him like walking around mm-hmm. the the complex, but I can't really remember even like taking batting practice or anything. No. So there's got to be something there with Palacios. I would expect like at some point the team's going to have to tell us why he hasn't played for a week. Yeah. Um, but, Specifically us. Yeah. Yes. I have to tell somebody why he's not playing. But yeah, he, he has not entered a game. He's been around, but he's not. He, he's really nowhere to be found when it comes to playing. Yeah. Right. I don't even think I've seen him. And I could be completely wrong on this. I don't think I've seen him even doing outfield drills. I have seen him throwing out there, but I've seen him out there. I've the seen him out there. I haven't seen him do anything other than just throw a baseball at this point. That's not speculation or anything. I I have no idea what's going on there. One of the beat guys will probably know soon enough, but yeah, at some point someone's gonna have to ask <laughs> uh, Derek Shellen, hey, like where where's Palacios at? Guys, we're only in the second inning of spring training. Relax. We'll be here in the ninth. <laughs> that's that's true. Maybe he he does spring training like he does baseball. Games. He doesn't come in until like the the very end of it, right? And just starts hitting homers. So outside of that, I mean, as far as the lineup goes, wasn't too much offense outside of those guys. I mean, Celestine. I'll just say this: Celestine has had a a solid spring so far as well. He got another hit today. He fell down in the outfield, just like yeah. just randomly just fell yeah, down. Okay, I missed that yeah. one too. I think it was a Jackson Holiday triple. Yep. That yeah, Celestino just just fell over. Like I don't know what he was doing. So anyways. <laughs> um any with today's game that you want to talk about, we want to go more of an over I think overview. we hit every point of today's game because I mean they lost Truthfully, the Pirates very easily should be three and three this spring. Not the spring records matter, but they bring the backups in and backups do what backups do. Yeah. I mean, they had this one with the lead most of the game. Yeah. I mean, they had a three run lead going to the ninth and, mm-hmm. and gave up four runs. So 
Yeah, they definitely should have won today. They were probably the better team, uh, but but yeah, all it takes is that one guy at the end of the game to to blow things up, and then that's what happened here. Or your right fielder just fall. Yeah, or just fall over in the field. Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then let's look at this. Let's take a look back, right? We've been here for a week. We saw pretty much every spring training game that exists so far, right? All six games. Um, what's your takeaways? Who's, I guess, let's start here. Who's impressed you the most? To me, it's just Tamar Johnson. I think at this point, if he can continue to look the way he has, and we haven't seen the swing and miss really in his game too much to this point in the spring, we've seen it a little bit. And those were early on at bats, but really since one at bat, he didn't look great in where he looked like he was swinging out of his shoes. He's kind of settled in up there. He is killing the baseball right now, and he's doing it while being patient, while also playing a pretty solid second base. This guy is still so young. If he continues at the rate he's at, we could see a teenage Pittsburgh Pirate. On the brakes, buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> There is a there is a route where he debuts at 19 years old. There's a route. There there is a route. It would take like some it would take a huge breakout season from him this year. But yeah, he's been he's been outstanding this spring. Does it though? Outstanding. It does. I mean, the guy hasn't played above high A ball. He's got a let's okay, let's say he's got a tear up. So let's say he finishes this year half the year at double A. Let's say he's See, in. I think he starts in Greensboro. But let's say he finishes the year in double A. He doesn't turn September call up. Is it possible? Low O'Neill Cruz action. Possible. Like I think that's I think that's possible. I think it's gonna be I'm not saying it can't happen, like you're talking about. Like I'm not saying it can't happen, but I find it unrealistic to be like, you know, like a mid season call up. But maybe like, hey, you know what, you had a fantastic year. Here's your cup of coffee, get a week. Maybe that. Maybe that. You know, it's just not possible. He was born in June. Yeah, like it's going to be tough. Yeah. Be tough okay. To well, at the end there. of the, um, even a twenty-year-old debut, we haven't seen that in a long time either. Now a twenty-year-old debut that could was, happen because he could debut right before he turns twenty-one. I could see that happening. I thought we had this conversation. We decided he was born in September. Maybe it's all the beer I've had this week. Maybe could be, could be, could be. But I mean, no. He, I mean, he's been impressive. He's been very. Yeah. I mean, he's. I think he's played in pretty much every single game so far. Um, he's he, he's got the homers. He's hitting the ball hard. He's making adjustments at the plate. Uh, yeah, he's looked he's looked really good. Yeah, yes. He is getting me excited. That's that's it. I guess one of the guys too. I'm not gonna say irrational like Paul Skeens, but you know we we talked about some of the concerns we have and the contact rate, whatever. But understanding the powers that he presents right now and like seeing him hit the ball and play, like he okay, he kind of looks like the real deal, guys. Mm-hmm. So who's who's impressed you the most, Jim? I. I want to say Henry Davis, so say but it. I have to say Q. Brian Hayes. Okay, I've got to say Q. Brian Hayes. Um, just really, really good at bats. He's hitting the ball hard. He's pulling it. He's hitting it in the air. He's doing everything you want to see him do. You mentioned it earlier. He's kind of had that success down here throughout his entire career. So now it's just, can you sustain it through spring? Can it roll into April? And if so... Like a, a five win, five war player, like like he's capable of doing if he can hit the ball, that changes the trajectory of this team by quite a bit. And I just want to co-sign what you said something earlier because we were watching it together, and we were both just you know in, in amazement of it. But 
watching Cabrian Hayes like take fielding practice, I would pay the price of admission for that. I would absolutely pay a ticket to go into PNC Park just to watch him take rounders because, man, like he absolutely he makes like they say like he makes everything look so easy. And you see it on TV. Maybe you see it on TV, but seeing it in person right there at that part, I mean, he is in the best position. He makes everything just look so effortlessly. Everything. And again, that's why he doesn't have the strongest arm, maybe because he doesn't need it. <laughs> He's gotten that ball and it's out of his hands two seconds before any other third baseman gets to it. So just, I mean, it's just so impressive. Yeah. I love that pick. Man, his anticipation is unreal. His feet yep. are so good. Just everything about him is impressive at third base. Yeah, it really is. Like, like you mentioned, like he doesn't even give baseballs the opportunity to to have a bad hop. Like he's always in the right position. The feet are always exactly where they need to be, so he can get off an accurate throw. He's he's the best third baseman in baseball. Like when it comes to defense, like plain and simple. I, I will back up Shelton. Like I mean, I'm he's the best defender in baseball. He's the best. Yeah, bar none. Well, since you aren't gonna do it, Jim, I'm gonna go. With your boy Henry Davis, I just assumed you were, and no, your guy was gonna be my pick. Uh, so I'll go with Henry Davis. I think the three that stand out are the three we we're mentioning right now. Uh, I, I guess like I, I would want to add a pitcher, but we just haven't seen enough of them. You know, like one guy making one outing, two innings. Like I'm not gonna share someone, you know, one of the pitchers. So I'm sticking with Henry Davis because I just think there is like an immense amount of pressure on him to perform this year. And I'm not saying he's feeling it, but there is. There is an immense amount of pressure, and he has to catch. Like he has to catch. And he has to hit. It's not as if you come in here just saying like, oh, you just need to learn how to catch because he didn't hit that well in the majors last year either. It's like you got to prove your point that you can hit and you can catch. And so far, as we just kind of talked about, he's doing both. And we talk about the leadership. We talk about, you know, how much that's that's uh, how much that means and such. Uh, so far, what he's doing to me, it's standing out. Great job so far. When we talk about, you know, the he, he's one of those five or six most important pieces <laughs> yes. on this team, right? He's so, one of those 50%. He's one, yeah. of those, he's one of those 50% guys, yeah. All right, so we talked about the most impressive. So let's go to the other route. Who's been the most disappointing? You know what? I was between two guys, but I think I just got to stick with the one. Bailey Falters looked really bad to this point. He's looked really bad. I know we've heard a lot. The Pirates love the extension of him. I still don't really know what extension means. I do, but <laughs> it seems stupid to me. Don't really care because he throws 88. It's just like he's throwing batting practice every time he's out there. You mentioned it earlier, Jim. Every time he's out there, he's just getting hit way too hard. He doesn't miss bats. It's just not working. If this continues, you can't roll him out there to start the year. There's been too many other guys that have looked effective. Yeah, and, and it's again, it's spring training, so you never really know. Like, is he maybe working on a specific thing? But you know, for a guy who's competing for a spot, not only in the rotation but on this team, he's out of options. So, like, he's got to make this team in some capacity, or he's getting DFA'd. Um, so, with all that in mind. You want to see something out of him. And again, it's February 29th. I mentioned it earlier. But yeah, Bailey Falter has been... He's been bad. Plain and simple, he's been bad. Did I take yours? You took mine. That was I'm sorry. Mine. I should have went, I I went with number two on it. I got to think of somebody myself. Which, uh, if I'm going to do it on the fly, I'm going to say... 
Unfortunately, I got to go with my guy, Jack Sawinski. Okay. Um, he had one pretty hard hit ball uh, earlier in the week, but today, 0 for 3, three strikeouts. Uh, not exactly uh, the greatest performance there. Um, he is one for six, I believe, is the total on the spring. Um, yeah, just, I mean, he had, the, he had the one good hit, but outside that, it hasn't been much. Uh, he did make a good play in the field today. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Nice good. diving play in the field today. So that's that was good to see. And it wasn't one of those things where like it was a bad route and he got a bad jump. Like it was it was it was a genuinely good play out there in center field to to rob a hit. Um, but he's someone who I'm expecting to take a pretty big step forward this year. And we just haven't seen signs of it. That's all. And I said there's plenty of time, but so far, not exactly what you want to see out of Swinsky. He's getting that slump out of the way right now. So yeah. he's ready to go on opening day. There you go. That's all I mean, he had that slump last year in spring. So if we want to talk about the things about Cabrian, right? We've seen this before. I mean, we've seen a lot of Jack Swinsky. We were talking about, is he going to start in AAA last year because of his yeah. spring? So maybe this is a good thing. <laughs> maybe he needs to be the most disappointing person in spring training so he can start in April and start mashing. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing this for the team. He's yeah. doing it for the team, guys. <laughs> he's getting, like you said, getting that over 30 slump out now. Um, for me, this is a little more difficult for me now because you guys took those two guys. Um, again, it's hard for me to really label a pitcher. Now, your guy, I can understand why. He's been pretty, pretty bad these past two yeah. times. But again, like one outing, I don't know if that's really going to deter me if someone's been the most impressive or disappointing. And like you look at the guys that are on the bubbles, like they've, they've been fine. Like, I don't think Rosie's been impressive or disappointing. Same with like Ortiz and such. So like I gotta go with the hitters as well. You guys label those two. I, I guess I just gotta go with maybe our boy here. Um, because you talk about guys like fighting for a roster spot. He's been DFA'd once. Kenny Smith and Jigba hasn't looked good at the plate at all. Um, and like he's gonna be fighting for a roster spot right now. You know, he's already seen that fate happen once. The Pirates reclaimed him, uh, got him back. I know we've had hope for him. Uh, and again, it, like for him as well, it's been more limited at bats and such, but he hasn't looked good at the plate right now as of yet. Uh, hopefully things get going for him. But um, yeah, like this is an important spring for him for sure. Uh, yeah, especially if there is something wrong with Joshua Palacios, right? Call. I mean, if, if Palacios is hurt and he is unable to 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 be open, and this is pure speculation, right? I mean, we, we, have, we have yet to see Joshua Palacios. There's something going on there. Um, so if Joshua Palacios isn't fighting for one of those roster spots, there's a spot up for grabs for Kanan Smith and Jigba. And and yeah, he hasn't he hasn't done anything to take it yet. So that's that's a, another good choice. It is, and it's it's also just going forward, you know, getting another job if it doesn't work out with the Pirates. I mean, he could have had a shot coming out of camp to maybe stick somewhere on a 40 man, but the way he's looked to this point, it's not looking likely. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's the Pirates or not. Um, but yeah, like I said, you make a good point. And there's guys I brought up, Celestino. Now you mentioned he fell on the outfield. I didn't see it. So maybe it's a net zero now. But like that's a guy who's battling for that potential roster spot also. Along with like McKinney. Yeah. Which, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so, so very valid points there. So there's our most impressive, most disappointing. Um, I guess anything else that you want to talk about so far on this trip as we're as we're winding down and ending it? No, I think um it, it seems like just from the the vibes that we're getting, I don't I don't know if they're this team's adding much else to this this team. Uh like maybe there's something else out there. Maybe they're waiting on 
Snell and and uh, Montgomery to sign to to see if they can just like wait Lorenzen out someone of someone of that caliber. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, it seems like you know they're they're going with what they got as of now. Um, and so far, they haven't won too many games. Uh, but again, it's it's spring training. These games don't really matter, uh, especially these early ones. Uh, but uh, so far, everyone has gotten through this week healthy. What well, we still need to hear about Palacios, obviously, but we haven't had any new injuries this week. So knock on wood there. The most important thing. Is yeah, right. that is the most important thing. Because last year when we were down here, we saw JT Brubaker's final appearance of the year. We saw Harleen Garcia's final appearance of the year. So. Luckily, we didn't see any anyone's final appearance. Good point. Don't yeah. put that anything on us. <laughs> you had to say it. We don't know that yet, Jim. That's true. The Rosati curse does exist. Tomorrow, so uh, hey, we're still here technically tomorrow. Yeah, we are. Someone's gonna like fall downstairs in the middle of the night. <laughs> we don't know who got hurt today. Never know. Let's hope not. Right. Yeah. Let's hope not. Cool. Cool. So, fun week, guys. I had a great time. Wonderful I mean, time. well, you annoyed me quite often, but I'm still alive. I'm still here. I just hate the way Denardo drives. That's really my one complaint of this week. People in Florida drive like idiots, and I understand he has to do it because everybody has to drive like that. But God, I hate the way they drive here. With that said, I had a great week. Um, I guess just to tease something for tomorrow, we started, we put it on Twitter. Uh, NS9 TV starts tomorrow. So just something that's kind of new, unique. You know, from 10 to 4, we're basically going to be streaming every single day. So we'll have, uh, it's almost like a TV station. We'll have all of our content out there presented to you. Just you want to have it in the background or, you know, just catch up on things, see around things. It's going to be all of like previous shows, even some shows we've had maybe back in the day that, you know, prevalent, you know, some TikToks in there, some videos. That may be like, you know, mixed in with this to such. So, uh, yeah, like basically every day from 10 to, to 4, um, every day, seven days a week. And it's 9 TV going live tomorrow. Yeah, it should be cool. I mean, if you're if you work during the day and you just kind of want something, you want it to be Pirates related content, just pop on NS9 TV and you've got six hours of uninterrupted Pirates talk from from idiots like us. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear these voices for like six hours a day? Hey, you even get Cody. Now he won't be smashing any moss, but you might even get Cody here and there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 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 So there's that. And uh, yeah, I guess there's not too much more to tease. I guess we can just tease that also. Like the Neil Walker bucket round will be out next Friday. So tune in for that. And uh, I think that's everything. That's everything. So we out of here. We're, like, out, we're from out, out from here, guys. Let's get out of here. All right. See you all back later. Bye-bye. Peace out, Scouts. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks. 